Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You are listening to the one and only Visionaries Wrestling Network. Envisioning excellence and providing your perfect podcast experience. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we're going to do things a little differently tonight. We're going to talk about the Wrestle Kingdom two-part show, all New Japan, all the time. Tonight on the special episode of the Band from Ringside podcast. been a little too long since I heard that music, right? Ditch that 9 to 5. It's time to fellow live. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the special edition of the Band for Ringside podcast. I am your host, JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell. Uh, no AK for this week. I'm just going to leave it to uh, my man Bill for that one. Uh, sitting to my right, making his triumphant return again is my man, uh, Two Beer, Zach Pullman. Talk to me, Two Beer. How was your holidays? Oh, man, it was uh, pretty crazy. Still kind of ongoing. I uh, got some family still in town upstairs, which is awesome. Uh, so we're, like, keeping it rocking. It's my oldest daughter's 17th birthday today. So we are just uh, really still in full-fledged party mode. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say 17. God bless America. Sober party <laughs> mode. I'm, like, I'm like uh, eight days sober over here, though. Okay. So, hey, not, yeah. hey, there's Zero nothing wrong. Zero beer, Zach. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I picked up the slack for you. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> so let's get down to the nitty gritty uh, episode uh, one. Tw- I'm sorry, one thirty six. Oh dang! Uh, volume three. <laughs> I'm sorry, volume three, chapter. I'm sorry, chapter three, verse fourteen of the Good Smart saith. Hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. Shout out to my girl Becky Balboa. I love you. I'll see you in about a month. It was good to have her here. It's crazy to have. Your girlfriend here when you don't have a girlfriend and all of a sudden she's here for, to celebrate the new year. Definitely a different weird experience. Obviously you can tell with no Bill Veggie here. He is finishing up his I guess it was a 40th birthday celebration for multiple of his friends fam, holiday season whatever you want to call it. He'll be back next week we'll be doing the Beef Awards next week. So look out for that. Uh, we're I'm not, looking forward to that. Yeah, I was going to say, it's always fun to see how a year changes our perspective on things. Uh, and this was a crazy year. Yeah, and Bill's plus we get crazy year in just the sense of what happened. You have AEW making its debut about halfway through the year, whatever the case may be. So it's a lot of probably same categories, but new I guess. Um, I mean, Rusev and Lana got divorced. It's just been a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the last mention of WWE this uh, podcast, by the way. Yeah, and I, this I, is a New Japan edition. Yeah, I was just going to say we'll be saving a lot of that for next week because we'll be going back to WWE, AEW. Obviously, NXT had their um, and year end awards this week, so not much there to talk about. AEW. I saw it, watched it, good, not great, but once again, we're not here for that because the bigger, bigger story, the bigger, I guess, card, if you will, would be not one, but two days, the first time ever for Wrestle Kingdom, Wrestle Kingdom 14, 
4th and 5th of January, two-day show. I didn't think that Wrestle Kingdom could be more exciting than it is for me right now. But now that you broke it down into two days where the second day is really the culmination of things that from the first day where you have the Intercontinental title and the IWGP title matches, the losers basically will have to wrestle in a number one contenders match. The winners obviously will wrestle where we will finally have a unified champion for the first time ever. But we are jumping ahead of things. Let's start things off the right way. We're going to start with night one, January 4th, Wrestle Kingdom in our three counts. One, two, three. Two beard, talk to us. Where you want to start with for night one, Wrestle Kingdom? Easiest thing, we just run down these cards. Okay. You know, we don't have to talk about every match because um, there are like a lot of eight man tags in kind of traditional New Japan fashion, um, which I'm actually excited for because if you guys watched Wrestle Kingdom last year, uh, which we did, great show, but I think everyone agreed whenever we got on the podcast and also folks uh, on Twitter and folks that, um, you know, we talk to and hang out with agreed that uh, the stringent time limit kind of hurt that show because they gave credence to a couple matches, which really deserve credence, but everybody else was like 10 minutes or less. Right. And you can have great matches, but also, um, I think every single belt changed hands in like 10 minutes or less. Right. Uh, it was a crazy show last year where like every single belt changed hands and we just had like all of these short matches. So split up into two nights. It's going to be more traditional with your introductory eight man tags and then, you know, your final few matches. So okay, I think so, the flow is going to be a little bit better. So for those who aren't privy to New Japan that don't watch New Japan on the regular basis, you were saying that the it starts with traditional eight-man tags, things along those lines. Explain to those who don't watch New Japan on the regular basis how, how this works, why they do do this booking the way they do. Not even booking, but sure. set the match cards up the way that they do. Yeah, there's a variety of reasons, and really it's all positive. Um, you First of all, you get people in the ring wrestling. You get more people with ring time. Uh, especially like the Young Lions, they usually open up the matches. We're not really going to see a lot of Young Lions on Wrestle Kingdom, but on the other shows, you would see more Young Lions at the beginning of the shows. And it gets them ring time. It gets them in front of people. Uh, you don't have to work a whole lot, so you're not prone to be injuring yourself and overdoing it because your time in the ring is shortened uh, because it's a multi-man match. Um, besides that, it's usually factions versus factions, or at the very least, people on the opposite ends of storylines, or they will suddenly create new storylines in these matches. Say some random person gets a uh, pin over a current champion. Right. And then, boom, that person is logically in line for a title shot, and it just sets up storylines. And it gets people next to each other, kind of see their chemistry, see how they play out, and then, you know, maybe they might not necessarily have plans for them although new japan tends to do very long-term booking but if a couple people spark chemistry and they seem interesting uh then they can make plans for those people and you know work a feud work a program uh you know and it just gets all your favorites in the ring you know if you pay to see a new japan show um you want your favorites to be there and they might not be wrestling a long singles match but they're gonna be there and they're gonna give you a good show and Naito's going to do his tranquillo and 
you know, uh, Okada is going to do his Rainmaker and right. uh, all that stuff. You, you know, Tai Chi is going to come to the ring singing. So, <laughs> got all those Tai Chi fans out there. Actually, no, the, actually gonna, there really are quite a few Tai Chi fans. I was getting ready to say, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I, I was a quasi Tai Chi fan until I just realized that he has this ceiling and it's a mid card ceiling. It's nothing. It's nothing more than that. When I thought when he took uh, the iron glove from Azuka, I thought, okay, this is going to be something that could come into play. You know, moving forward, he used it once against Naito in the G1 in their G1 match, and it's never come back since. And I'm just kind of like, well, then what was the point of him taking the glove? I mean, you know, sure, you, where's the rub? Yeah, you know, what I'm saying if you're going to gift the man the glove, then he needs to be doing it more. And, it, and I'm to this day, I don't think he's used it since. No, not that I can. Remember. So for me, yeah, I guess Tai Chi is one of those guys that he's just going to be mid card at best. Cool with Zack Sabre Jr. I think they're a great tag team. You know, I didn't even watch uh, World Tag Week this year. I think they're, they're a great tag team, but his ceiling is pretty much where it is. And, you know, him and Miko can be that, I guess. Yeah, I'm fine with Tai Chi as long as he brings Miko. Uh, that's, really, that's really it for me. He's warmed to me a little bit this year. He has had some some matches, and I don't think it's necessarily somebody pulling them out of him. I, know, I wasn't really a fan of his matches uh, but he's had some good ones with Naito and some other guys this year, and I don't think it's 100% them. I think he's kind of risen to the occasion. No, that's what I was going to say. When he has to do it, I think he can do it. I just I think more times than not, it, he's never really put in a position to where it's a big card, or a big stage match for him, and he, he pulls out this big performance. It's just kind of like, you know, he's comfortable in the mid card and this is, you know, his performance when he has to step it up, he steps it up. He's where Baron Corbin should be. All right. I said we shouldn't be on the <laughs> See, WWE. You wrong, yeah. you wrong. What match are you looking forward to? Not the most, but a match you're looking forward to on night one. Oh, night one. I mean, it's gotta be Okada Bushi, which we'll get to at towards the end here, but that's gotta be my, um, Oh wait, night one also has, Oh, it's, it's gotta be Osprey. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And Hiromu. Yeah, that yeah. was going to say Takahashi's return um, didn't have a lot of, and this is kind of what Zach was saying. I'll piggyback on what he was talking about with the eight man, six man tags or whatever the case may be. He didn't have a lot of ring time in the last three uh, matches. I guess that was leading up to um, Wrestle Kingdom or whatever the case may be, but he was still enough in the ring to where, I feel more comfortable in a long, sustained, I'm guessing, 20-minute match. Yeah, and he's a Romu. Yeah, where he's going to get flung, fling himself around, you know, for lack of a better term, to where there's going to be a couple of spots where I'm going to hold my breath. There's going to be a couple of spots where Will Ospreay is going to test the neck and the back, you know, the whole shebang. And the pussy and the crack. (laughs) And we did get to... Anything that was so crazy this first time around, like I said, his multi-man matches were great lead-in stories. There were there wasn't a lot of physicality to it, but the one of the big ones was you know watching Bushi getting tapped out while he's getting held by uh, I think it was Robbie Eagles was holding him where he was trying to get in the ring to save you know Bushi. 
and Bucci's tapping out or whatever, you know, can't do anything about it. It just really brings into the storyline of what I think it was one of the big, you know, stories, big underlying, I guess, feuds coming into Wrestle Kingdom is Takahashi and uh, Will Ospreay. Yeah, bringing that back around to the to the eight man tags, it's actually good because um, it leaves us in suspense for this match, uh, which we'll talk about here in a second with predictions and the overview. But the main thing about Japanese history. Um, wrestling history, not just Japanese history, but Japanese wrestling history is when you come back from being injured, it is noted that you have ring rust. And so you lose your opening matches, right? Uh, That they got that out of the way, you know, usually if this was going to be Osprey versus Hiromu and it was his first match back, you would just automatically assume he was going to lose just because that's the culture. That's their tradition. That's what they do. Um, so now we're left with a little bit of suspense. So, all right, let's run down the card real quick. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so Dark Match, which is impossible to see unless you are in the Tokyo Dome, and unfortunately, we neither of us is going to be in the Dome. Tokyo Dome this year. Uh, but Stardom has a match uh, for the first time ever on a New Japan card, and this is causing a lot of uprise on both sides of the aisle. Uh, a lot of Stardom fans are upset. A lot of New Japan fans are upset. Okay, so explain why this is such a big deal. Yeah, so uh, the reason it's happening is Bushi Road, who owns fifty percent of New Japan World or New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling, along with TV Asahi, who owns the other fifty percent. Um, Bushi Road has purchased Stardom, and so Stardom is going to start seeing some advertisement. Um, obviously, a dark match at the beginning of Wrestle Kingdom is a big deal, even though nobody's going to see it but the people in the building. Probably some stardom matches on the New Japan American expansion, just because American fans clamor for equal representation um, on cards themselves. It seems like there's a lot, there's a big movement for that, and I totally understand where it's coming from. Uh, but it's just funny when people get down on Japanese promotions for not doing it when Japanese women's wrestling is far bigger than America's women's wrestling has ever been, and arguably ever will be. Don't get me started. Go ahead. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just kind of wild. But uh, so that's a big deal. Bushi Road now uh, controls stardom. And so the cool thing is, you know, we're not going to see, probably not going to see uh, stardom on New Japan World or any kind of merger or anything, although that would be kind of cool. But if you want to subscribe to a Japanese promotion that has uh, women's promotion bundled, uh, you can subscribe to DDT Universe and uh, Tokyo Joshi Wrestling is on there. Uh, although Tokyo Joshi's kind of somewhat similar to Stardom, but DDT is nothing like New Japan. So uh, it's very comedy. Anyway, I digress. We've got <laughs> Mayo Iwatani, who even if you don't watch Stardom or Japanese wrestling, you might remember from ROH, yeah. And uh, Arisa Hoshiki versus uh, Giulia and Hanakamura. Very nice. So Giulia, actually, sorry. And uh, yeah, so... Not really a whole lot to say about that. It's just going to be a match. No, I think it. you kind of hit the nail on the head is the fact that we're getting stardom with New Japan where just a year ago, once again, just see, once again to see how wrestling changes, you wouldn't have thought this would happen. You wouldn't have thought that AEW would be a possibility. And now, you know, just a year later, you know, now things are changing to where this, I think ultimately this would be beneficial for all parties involved because especially if you like women's wrestling and you're not familiar with stardom, this would be, I think obviously you won't see it on uh 
the opening night, but slowly but surely you'll start to start and will get ingrained into the new Japan you know, rotation of uh, matches and cards. It'll help them because, you know, stardom only draws like a couple hundred people, like whenever they do shows. Uh, So even though they have a streaming service, there's probably more people that watch stardom in America than there are that go to shows like live in Japan. The couple I've saw were really good shows. And they're good. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you just want to test it out, go to their YouTube. They put uh, old matches on there. You can see why we gush about, uh, Kairi Hojo and Yoshirai and uh, even Mayu Iwatani. Um, and uh, B Priestley is a big star over there. Will Ospreay's girlfriend. Um, she's, uh, I think, got the white belt right now. Um, so, yeah, and then Tony Storm, she was a big star over mm-hmm. there. So you can see, like, why we gush about these ladies. Um, no, it's a, it's a good opportunity to kind of get yourself in, introduced to the stardom roster because, like I said, I got the sneaky suspicion that's going to be more of that to come. Go ahead. All right. A uh, couple eight mans. We've got uh, great Bashiel, which is a lovely name. That's Hanma and Makabe along with Yuya Yurimura and Yoda Suji, a couple young lions. And they're in an eight man tag with Toa Hanare, Alex Coughlin, Cart Connors and Carl Fredericks. So uh, that will be a match. I imagine it won't take too long, but we might have something, you know, spin off of that. Uh, next, we got Tin Cozy, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, and Satoshi Kojima versus Yuji Nagata, Emanabu Nakanishi. So, a few old guys in there, you know. Yeah. Got to get them on the Wrestle well, Kingdom yeah, card. Yeah. Just they carry New Japan through the dark years. God you know? forbid, you know, we start, you know, putting these guys to pasture just yet. And a lot of these guys, I mean, and this is coming from me that doesn't didn't watch New Japan during these times. I don't have that connection with them. But I'm not against the fact of, yeah, here's your Wrestle Kingdom appearance, here's your check, you know, go out, you know, and entertain the crowd, you know, get them warmed up because, you know, ultimately the good stuff will be coming down in the end. This is just all appetizer. Go ahead. Yeah, and I mean, you know, what's Tenzan is what he is, but, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Kojima and uh, Nagata, like those guys are, they were just – until recently, until New Japan's card became super stacked, they were in the G1 every year. And right. Those guys can go. No, I was about to say, Tenzan is kind of on, leans towards the Yano side. To, for me, he's <laughs> a little more too comedic for my taste. But uh, Nagata, for sure, I mean, you know, when I first started to watch, he was still a badass at the time. And now, like you said, with the, I guess, expansion, for lack of a better term, of the G1 where you had the Moxley's, the Jeff Cobbs in the world. Other guys, unfortunately, have to kind of, you know, fall by the wayside. Nagato was one of those guys that unfortunately had to fall by the wayside. But I don't, I mean, I'd rather have that and see John Moxley than that's just me. But yeah, shit, Suzuki wasn't even in this one. Right. You you know know what I'm saying? This last one. Then that just blows my mind, which, you know, we'll end up bumping into him in a second because I want to kind of talk about Suzuki, Suzuki Gun, Goon, where they go from there. Go ahead. So next we got uh, Liger's eight-man tag, and Liger will be wrestling both nights, and then um, the New Year's Dash are going to do a retirement ceremony for him. But this is the end of an era. One time, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger was the greatest wrestler in the world, probably, and uh, he's retiring, and, man, that guy can still go. He's been showing it to us this year. Uh, (laughs) So it's going to be him with uh, Tatsumi Fujinami, the great Suzuki, and Tiger Mask uh, with El Samurai. And he, they are going to face Naoki Sano, Shinjiro Otani, Tatsuhito Takaiwa, and Ryazuki Taguchi. 
Um, and I think we'll see non-comedy Taguchi. Um, and then they will have uh, Kuniaki Kobayashi. And then this is the special guest referee, Norio Hanaga, who is an old rival of Ligers. So these guys are just like old rivals of Ligers. So not like super relevant, um, you know, outside of Taguchi, you know, being still Yeah, I was about to say that's the one real name that I can think of that I can say I've seen before. The rest is unfortunately a little over my head because obviously I haven't watched New Japan that that long. Yeah, me either. Um, So uh, I am unfamiliar with most of these guys uh, outside of like, you know, seeing their names. Right. So, uh, yeah, uh, that will be cool. And, you know, he's going to have another match the next night. I'm a little underwhelmed by the, you know, I thought we might get, uh, earlier in the year we got Suzuki versus Liger, but I thought we might get something a little bit more like a big, big old singles match, you know. That's what I was kind of holding out hopes for, that they would somehow drag that feud out to where it culminated at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I think part of it is the, the fact that, Obviously, Suzuki is leaving New Japan, and um, maybe he just doesn't want to go that right way. You know, we can end this thing right now, which they kind of did quickly, not quietly, but just enough to where it completed the feud. They told the story, and then, you know, from that point, Suzuki's kind of fallen off the New Japan, you know, radar a little bit. I know uh, they've been to talk about him going to Noah or maybe to all Japan. And I'm not sure if he's been signed to a contract with either one of these promotions, but he's always been like an independent contractor. I mean, he went like, they just came back from Noah. Suzuki goon came right. back from Noah in like 2017. That was a big deal. Uh, and there was some bad blood, you know, because they pretty much booked Noah booked all around Suzuki goon. Like that was like, you know, it was almost like the Bullet Club in New Japan. Like, they were just all of the bookings centered around, or the NWO and WCW, right. uh, all of the bookings centered around that group. And then they bailed, and they all went to New Japan. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we saw what happened. I mean, they're superstars. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Um, Suzuki's in his 50s. The dude's an absolute legend. You know, Suzuki will just do whatever the fuck he wants. So you think in some form or fashion in 2020 he'll wrestle – a schedule of some sort moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I could just see him, you know, because he wrestles in America. He just wrestled Tom Lawler for, um, oh, was it, I think it wasn't in Chicago. It wasn't AEW, but uh, he wrestles in America, you know, every now and then whenever he's booked. And, you know, just at his age, you know, taking fewer bookings and just doing whatever, like, I can totally see it. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Now, I, I, I did Truth be told, and I know we've said this before, I'm a faction guy. And Suzuki oh, so is great. is one of those guys, as a leader of the faction, he's the guy that you want to lead the faction because he runs this faction by fear. Other guys that are bigger, Lance Archer may be bigger. Maybe Zack Sabre Jr. is the better technical wrestler. But when Suzuki comes around, they all fall in line. Shit, man, that's, I'd, I'd, that's I'd amazing Say that again. I said I'd sit up straighter if I saw him. <laughs> and he, but he scares. If he walked in, came down his basement right now, he would probably scare the fucking shit out of me. Oh, just I'd for, freak out just for the simple fact that he is 
just that intimidating. And that, to me, makes him a, a great character. And wherever he goes, you know, I hope he has great success. But I, I personally will miss Suzuki. The way he beats down young lions is just unparalleled <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Is it certain that he's leaving New Japan? I'm, I was pretty sure because that was part of the reason why I thought that they moved up the, uh, the Liger-Suzuki uh, feud up quicker to end it. And then at that point, you know, he was kind of free to do whatever he wanted to do. Notice how you don't see him when Suzuki Goon comes out as a unit. They usually came out to his theme music. Sure. They don't come out to his theme music anymore. He came out as like a part of the group versus the leader of the group. Guess I, ha- I had not noticed that. Um, it's it's one of those things where subtle. It's it's subtle enough to where if you don't watch it enough, it it won't resonate. I watch it enough to where I'm just like, oh, okay, so you're kind of sliding into the background, which to me is a, a decent indication of of at least there hasn't been any progress, dare I say, or a renewal of this contract. As far as I'm concerned, he's on the way out. Right on. Cool. Uh, so next we've got Los Ingobernables de Japón, uh, colloquially known as LIJ. Adal! Yeah, these are... Uh, Definitely the most charismatic faction uh, in New yeah. Japan, for yeah. sure. Yeah, Naito being the leader, it, it's easy to be that way. They're the tweeners. Yeah, I was going to say, I love Sonata because he's just, you know, he's like Iceman, you know what I'm saying? So cool, collected. You don't really see emotion from him. Evil is, could go off at any point. It's good to have Takahashi back. Fun fact, Evil is engaged to Io Shirai. Did not know that. Yeah, huh. wild, huh? Go evil. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, dare I say he I'll kick this coverage. Yeah. Go ahead, finish it. <laughs> uh so yeah, so we've got Evil Sonata, Shingo Takage, and Bushi, all fantastic wrestlers, versus Suzuki Goon, uh, which this is like a storied rivalry. I mean, they wrestle all the time. So uh, Minoru Suzuki, Tai Chi, Zack Sabre Jr. and El Desperado. Mostly great wrestlers. <laughs> That's Stop. dig on Tai Chi. Yeah, I was gonna say, see you wrong for that. But uh, but yeah, no, um should be a good match. Uh we'll see, you know what comes of it. And then, you know, later the next night we have, I'm sure you'll see some interplay between Sonata and Zach because I got a match the next night. So mm-hmm. then we have uh, another faction on faction, which this is again, kind of a classic, uh, chaos bullet club this is the ultimate baby face group in chaos versus the ultimate heel club. Although I feel like, um, every bullet club were kind of tweeners, especially when the elite were around because everybody, you know, they were almost like baby faces when the elite were around. Uh, but everybody loved them so. Everybody loved them so much. Uh, but they're back to their heel ways, you know, now. Uh, so we got uh, Chaos, which is Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, uh, Toru Yano. <laughs> Fuck Yano. And Yoshihashi uh, versus the Bullet Club, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Kenta, and Yajiro Takahashi. So uh, the other Takahashi, the older Takahashi. Who, uh, the comes Tokyo out. pimp, yes. Takahashi. Yeah, he really is. That's his gimmick as a pimp. So God bless that dude. Yeah. Um, just quick sidebar, just for that. Um, I wanted to talk about Bullet Club for a second. There's people that are saying that this incarnation of Bullet Club is nowhere as good. Jay White is a mid card guy. He's not, you know, high profile enough. Not big enough to be the leader of the Bullet Club. What say you to this criticism? I think 
Jay White is so good at being a heel that people don't realize how good he is. And he's an old school heel wrestler. Uh, what do and, you mean by old school heel wrestler? And that he gets heat, you hate him. Like he's not like the new school heel where like he's so uh, creative with his insults that people love him. Right. Uh, people just hate him. Like, I mean, and it's like, uh, it's not a Baron Corbin, like a go away heat. Like I, I like Baron Corbin for all I shit on him. It's really, it's Vince pushing him so hard all of the time that I hate. Um, and I think there's also some new Japan traditionalists who don't maybe don't see that in Jay white. And they don't know why he was pushed so hard so early. And right. he's already been, you know, no, WGP he, champion. He's been pushed hard. There's yeah. no question about it, but you know, he's, you know, like a seven year contract guy. He's a new Japan dude. Like he's not going anywhere. Right. And you know, he's young and he's super talented and they're going to go with what they've got. And I mean, he's a good bet. Uh, but I think, I just think, you know, he's not Kenny Omega. He's not AJ Styles. He's not Prince Devitt. You know what I mean? As far as like charisma, um, he's not going to be that tweener, you know, and I would say maybe he has it in him, but either they don't want him to do it or he doesn't want to do it. And he's just down with being hated because he's really good at that. So uh, I think that's part of it. And also I, th- I just think following the elite is a very tough act to follow. Right now. I agree with that too. I, yeah, I think that's part of the reason why he takes such criticism because I mean, w- whether you like it or not, I think the elite was w- at the pinnacle of what Bullet Club was slash is. Now, that said, I think it might have taken a step down just because you've taken all those stars away. When you you have the Bucks, Cody, Kenny Omega, you know, so on and so forth, you know, you have the loaded freaking roster right there. No Marty, no Adam Page. Page, yeah, yeah. I was getting ready to say those guys are – quote unquote, you know, supporting cast members, whatever the case may be. It's gonna be hard to follow that act. I mean, can they do it? Yeah, I think they can do it because I think there's you know, there's still talent inside the bullet club. It's just now I think Kenny Omega, I think that Jay White is not getting the just due for the character of who he is. It's like you said, he just he's okay with being hated. Yeah, he and does I the think, stalling thing yeah. every time, and and like, and I think the little stuff like that just sinks underneath your skin, and just you know, he did, it just digs into you like a little tick, and by by the time you know it, you're hating Jay White. Go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I, I think you hit it right on the head. I'm a big Jay White fan. No, I, I love Jay White. I think he's absolutely amazing. I just think that one of the, I can see why people think that he gets pushed too hard or he got pushed too hard, but I think a part of that reason is. The big picture is that, you know, you want to establish him as one of your top guys right away. Get it out of the way. Even though I don't see it happening, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute, uh, I could see them putting both the titles on him. Totally. Because he's young and he's there and he will be there for a very long time. Yeah. So you can run Okada, uh, Jay White for the next three to five years easily. Yeah. And have that as your central feud moving forward. I could easily see Jay White taking the whole thing in, in two days' time easily. Yeah. All right. So next, uh, speaking of uh, Bullet Club, we got the Gorillas of Destiny, Tongaloa and Tamatanga versus uh, Finn Juice, uh, which is just a mashup of juice robinson and david finlay uh somebody finlay's looking good since he came back from injury somebody like once uh on 
Twitter or Reddit, which is really mean. And I have no guy to like body shame anybody because I mean, if you've seen me in person, <laughs> but they said uh, David Finley looks like a bag of milk, and it hurt wow. me. It was like so accurate because he's so white. Uh, but he's he's really trimmed up a lot, and uh, I mean he's a he's a really good wrestler. This dude's a fourth generation. True. Uh, he's the son of Fit Finley, um, who's like one of the toughest dudes ever. Um, and we used to watch him as a television champion. Yeah, know, I was going to say Hornswoggle back in the day. Um, oh, I, I missed all that. Like I was I wasn't watching them. <laughs> my my last. Uh, I, I remember him being in a suit and stuff, but uh, I I just remember him like wrestling like Booker T and Ben right. Law and those guys. No, I was going to say Fifth Family was a one of the tough guy characters in the uh, the WWE at the time. I would say this much. Um, so this is a tag match. It uh, is, it's a for, it's IWGP for the, tag It's for the titles because uh, Finn Juice won the World Tag League, so winning the World Tag League puts you in line for the title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. Now, that said... I did not know that uh, Gorillas of Destiny had never won a Wrestle Kingdom match. So a part of me was thinking, you know, maybe this is, you know, throwing them a bone or something along those lines. But once again, this is New Japan and New Japan is good for a swerve. And this might be one of those times where I'm thinking, oh, yeah, G.O.D. is just going to roll in, handle business and retain where I could easily see Finn Juice keeping that momentum going and taking the titles away. But we shall see. Please. Yeah, I can see Finn Juice taking the titles away just because they want to establish him a little bit more as a tag team because Gorillas of Destiny are already established. I mean, they are pretty much the premier tag team. They are the tag team they, division. Yeah, the Between tag team division. Evil and Sonata. As, as much as we love New Japan, the tag team division sucks. And we can testify to that because as much as jason and i love new japan neither one of us watched the world tag league and i didn't watch it last year i didn't watch it the year before that it's like when i take a break from new japan and i'm able to kind of like decompress and like really kind of want to get back into it now i'm like so hype and also it's it was a good time because now we've got AEW and nxt two hours yeah that felt in the the blanks a little bit yeah you know i'm kind of you know, not sitting in the corner, you know, scratching, fiending for my new Japan or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I'm actually like behind in wrestling between the holidays and everything. And thankfully it's either been not on or taped. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's a good time to kind of take your break. And uh, January is a good time to subscribe to new Japan, man. Yeah. I was uh, saying this is a well, good reason to do it. Yeah. You get the pay-per-view and then uh, there'll be essentially three pay-per-view level shows just in the next three days. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we'll get the uh, the road to new beginning, I guess. And, um, you know, there'll be plenty of shows, so it, it'll be good. No, I was going to say, uh, this is the best fucking time for New Japan, right? Well, I shouldn't say that. G1 is really, really good. But New Year's uh, Dash is one of those sneaky pay-per-views that there's always something that's going to happen. You just have to kind of sit back and wait to turn and just see what unfolds. Yeah. Uh, all right, so next we've got uh, Lance Archer, who's the IWGP United States champion, in a Texas death match versus John Moxley. So if you were wondering what a Texas death match was, which it, I was, I want to know the exact stipulations here. Uh, so the match can only be won by a 10-count knockout or by submission. <laughs> so this should be, as JR would put it, a slobber knocker. <laughs> okay. John Moxley coming is obviously one of the hottest uh, acts coming out of AEW right now. And I think losing the title 
and the way he lost it just makes this match a little more, and uh, I guess what's the word, anticipatory, if, if there is such a word. I wanted Lance Archer to be this kind of a mid-card champion. I think this is a perfect spot for him, especially coming off the year that he had in 2019. But now you, when you take away the title from Moxley and now he comes back, this is a perfect time to where now, even in a loss, this doesn't hurt John Moxley in New Japan. He's still going to be a big star. I think Lance Archer probably needs this a little more in the short term, just because it would establish him as a really credible champion and an overall physical threat to the entire roster. Yeah, uh, I think Lance Archer definitely like needs it more. I will say that the next night we're going to have Juice Robinson facing the winner. The winner. So I could see, you know, it going either way for that reason. You know, Mox is only there for one night, maybe. Um, but I could also see since Juice was the original match was supposed to be Juice and Mox, and Mox had the staff infection and couldn't show up. I could see Mox taking it from Lance and then dropping the title to Juice the next night, right. like was originally planned, planned. Just kind of like a you know whitewash the whole thing and you know get it back, and then you could go with Lance and Juice, you know, in the future Moving forward. Or I was going to really say now with. Juice and Lance, they have history too. Yep. Lance took the, well, I shouldn't say took the title off of Juice Robinson when they did have that match. The title was vacant because of Moxley not being able to make it to Japan in time for the show. They held, they stripped the title off of Mox, put it up, and then Lance Archer won that match over Juice Robinson. So even if, going back to this Texas death match, if Lance Archer wins and Juice Robinson's in the wings waiting. There's still a storyline there too. So, I mean, either way they have options. So for me, this is good. Like the ultimate coin flip match because I want both. I like both guys. And then the winner is going to already have a built in storyline for their title defense moving forward. Yeah. Or they could just keep Mox strong and have him win both nights. I mean, they're paying Mox money to fly to Japan no, I'm, and they're going to do this. American expansion, which he won't be able to wrestle in America, but they want more Americans to purchase New Japan World, which is why they pay Chris Jericho so much money to headline these shows, you know, a couple shows a year. So, you know, they could just, you know, roll with him. You know, they don't have the history that, you know, Kenny does. You know, they're not calling Kenny. And, uh, but these guys are on separate contracts. And even though they work with one company, uh, they are contracted wrestlers for new japan as well so no and, and at some point i think that relationship uh partnership will eventually happen between AEW and uh new japan i just think this is you know all part of the building process the fun building the foundation or whatever the case may be whatever you want to call it and ultimately i think they will have some sort of working relationship it's kind of you know starting right now but i think these these moves, the uh, Tanahashi Jericho match on night two, things along those lines will ultimately get us where we 
want to be. I don't think we'll have them as one big promotion, but obviously you will have guys that will be able to work both promotions freely back and forth whenever they need to do it. Sometimes you got to start with a back rub before you get penetration. You know? <laughs> Go ahead, fool. All right, so yeah, I don't think either one of us knows winning this one. We're not doing like a prediction night or anything. No, but. no. I was going to say, if we could throw, I want to throw out some predictions for sure because I think that – just for the simple fact, because I know how poorly I do with New Japan, because it always keeps me on my toes. Even though it's like more logical, that's that's really the funny thing is how New Japan is, seems like so logical, but they're also like so good at storytelling that it's not like you know the story for sure, right? Like once you see it in hindsight, you're like, oh man, that that is so perfect. But whether we're conditioned by the wrestling we've watched growing up or whatever, they're just. So good at so no. Good at I, I, for me, I think it's I've just been conditioned to think one way, and then New Japan is just like surprise, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> right? <laughs> Go ahead and finish. Uh, all right. So yes, uh, next we have Will Ospreay, who's the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, versus Hiromu Takahashi, the returning time bomb. Uh, this guy is so charismatic. So these guys have wrestled a few times. So I've done a little homework for you. And if you want to go back and watch some of their previous matches, if you got your New Japan World subscription ready and you got your uh, Illinois Recreational Weed or wherever you guys are, but uh, we got Illinois Recreational Weed, so that's cool. Must be nice. <laughs> and uh, damn, you know, you could just drive across the border and um, I'll say everything's closing at seven o'clock. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> you can't even do anything. It's been wild the last two days here in Illinois, guys. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> Here's a here's a little homework for you. Uh, these guys go back to 2017, which is pretty much just whenever um, Osprey was coming into New Japan, I believe. So they had a four and a half star match on May 31st, 2017, in the Best of the Super Juniors tournament. Uh, one of my favorite times of the year mm-hmm. in uh, New Japan. Uh, so after that, uh, they met again. Looks like about eight months later, New Beginning Osaka. Four and three-quarter star match. Um, Osprey took both of those, by the way. Osprey won both. And then another four and three-quarter star match on Dominion, June 9th, 2018. Which you might remember, you might not, because it was overshadowed by the greatest wrestling match like in history. (laughs) So, uh, But that time, Takahashi took the junior heavyweight belt from Osprey. So the score is currently Osprey 2, Takahashi 1. Osprey's the current champion on a roll, basically just rolling through the junior heavyweight division. I mean, even with Shigo Takagi having his monster run with uh, the junior heavyweight division, he fell to Will Ospreay. So you get for this, I mean, storyline, it's basically does the dominance continue from the one guy that's, that possibly could have his number coming back from, you know, a potential career ending injury. It's, it's, this is just going to be so fucking good. I swear it's going to be great. I mean, two of the best wrestlers in the world. And at some point, and I don't know if it's going to happen on January 4th, but Will Ospreay is going to move up. I would assume at some point, I just can't see anything else for him to do as a junior heavyweight. I think they've built him up for this moment, this perfect time to where now if they do drop the belt, it'll be to the, to the guy I think that should get it. And then you can, if you want to do a rematch moving forward, whatever the case may be, we can do that. But I mean, I think the stars 
are lining right for a possible title def- or title loss for Will Ospreay. Yeah, I think the same thing. I think Takahashi is going to take it. He's so charismatic. I mean, this guy could get the goddamn 24-7 title over. <laughs> he is so good. Man, don't, don't put that on it, man. Don't, don't Take that back now immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> is he signed for the next couple of years? Because, I mean, God forbid, he used to, if he pops up in WWE and he wins the 24-7 title, I'm looking at you. I'm going to kill you. I swear to God. Oh, God. Can you imagine how badly they would ruin Takahashi? <sighs> like, they would, like, Vince would just see the cat, like, Daryl, and be like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was getting ready to say, he, he, that, that's why he'll be 24-7 champion. We got to have the little cat feud with the big dog. Dude, Daryl would be the 24-7 champion. <laughs> I swear to God. He would win somehow. Darryl, somehow. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> somehow he would end up falling on to fill in the blank. The referee would come come down. One, two, three. Daryl's a 24-7 champion right there. <laughs> Go yeah, ahead. So this, this will be great. Uh, next, we have Jay White, who is the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, versus Tetsuya Naito. These guys have history. Uh, just this past year, they've had a couple matches. So they met first in the G1. Uh, so August 11th, towards the end of the tournament, they had a four and one quarter star match where Jay White won to win the B block. So he mm. went to the finals mm. and uh, really cool because like Jay White does that thing where he reverses your finisher into his finisher. So like, you know, reverse the Destino into, into the, the, the Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Yeah. So good. No, and that's part of the reason why I like Jay White. His, the way they get reversals into the Blade Runner where he's like, don't get, don't sound, you know, it's perfect because it just, it frustrates you because you really want Jay White to lose, but then somehow, some way he comes out on top. Yeah, it'd be like if DDP was a heel and like he hit yeah. the diamond cutter and you're like, ah, damn it. Yeah, he's got it again, <laughs> motherfucker, you know, one, two, three, you know, Jay White wins, or in this case, DDP wins. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one more, uh, Destruction in Kobe on September 22nd. Again, another four and a quarter star match and Jay White takes that one so it's j2 naito zero i'll i'll say this and i saw this on twitter i guess it was this morning and there was i can't remember who had who made the tweet i would give him the credit for it but ultimately the tweet was basically saying that this is naito's last chance to be uh iwgp champion because you know He's working against Father Time, and if it wasn't going to happen now, it was probably not going to happen at all. And I totally agree with that. So if if there was a time for Naito to have one sustained run with the title, this is it. Everybody else around him in this, uh, well, I shouldn't say everybody else. Abushi is probably the next guy in line to be someone that I would want to root for that to win the whole shebang and win both titles. But Naito's first. I'm sorry. I'm a Naito bark. Um, if it's not going to happen, it's probably never going to happen. So it, that's why I'm kind of thinking that, especially being down 0-2 in this point, this might be the time for Naito to do it. But if it, if he loses, I guess, I guess, whatever day that is, Friday slash Saturday morning, depending on where you're at, if he loses that first one against Jay White, I would expect him to lose the second match to whomever loses the Okada Ubushi main event. Yeah, I think exactly the same way. I was talking on this podcast probably six months ago, uh, lamenting kind of the uh, not downfall of Naito, but just like the twilight of Naito, where his body is in rough shape, and uh, you know he has not had that real. He's he's had the 
IWGP championship, but he has not got that like sustained run. And I think now's the time to do it. And also I think this whole story is his story. Uh, this this if you think about it long term, this two belt thing is his doing. doing yeah. Everybody else said you know two belts, but he was the first one to say as IC champion. He you know he was the first to really come out and talk you know double champion. Yes. I want to be the first to do to hold both of the major titles or whatever the case may be. I I love the storyline. I just I just got the sneaky suspicion that. Naito's here because of who he is versus what he can do. And I'll be the first to admit it. I I thought I've seen a little decline in Naito matches. Just, I guess, the G1 especially where somewhere it was a slow start, then somewhere it kind of clicked on and he turned it on down the stretch just to lose to Jay White, which I don't have a problem with. I mean, Jay White is going to be the future of New Japan, so at some point you're going to have to put him over guys that you might like from the past, Naito being one of those guys. Ultimately, like I said, I just got the sneaky suspicion that this is just not going to be the time that he reigns supreme. It wouldn't surprise me if he beat Jay White, then lost the next night yep. to whomever wins the the main event between Okada and Ibushi. I can see that. I just, for whatever reason, I just think Gato likes to play with us Naito fans, and I just, I'm very cautious to get too wound up in what could be versus what's probably going to be. Yeah, and uh, that's a good segue to the next match, which is Kazuchika Okada, who's the IWGP champion versus Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi won the G1 this year. Uh, Really banger year for him. Uh, Finally signed a contract with new japan so he's full-time uh quote-unquote lifetime contract so who knows what that actually is right. it, it could be a little kayfabing but i mean it could be a 10-year contract and you know the, with his age i mean it might as well be lifetime yeah. he looks 20 but right. he's 38 that's crazy yeah that's absolutely crazy i mean yeah. the dude is just shriveled. i'll be just chiseled straight muscle him and finn bauer are like two guys that are just Way too cut up. Way look way too good yeah. to be wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? They're like not human. No, no. I was about to say whatever they eat. I want the absolute opposite of that because that just looks like absolute. Zero I do fun. have the absolute opposite of that because <laughs> I eat stuff and they don't look like they eat. Okay, <laughs> I eat a lot. Um. So yeah. Uh, so this is uh, you know your classic every year. Uh, for those of you guys who don't watch, the G1 is a round robin tournament, and the winner of the G1. Uh, faces the uh, champion at um, Wrestle Kingdom every year. So it's kind of like your money in the bank uh, mixed with your Royal Rumble, you know. Uh, but there's no, like, the cash-in happens at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, like, you know when it's going to happen. It's, yes. not, it's no surprise. So, yeah, who do you, who do you got? Uh, I guess we can start with, like, uh, just keep it oh, simple. I can give you the rundown real quick of who, so the past, so yeah, maybe yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll help. Uh, they fought way back in 2014. Which, That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so at uh, Strong Style, like a 46th, 42nd anniversary Strong Style, March 6th, four and three-quarter star match. Uh, Okada took that one. And okay. they also Shocker. had a five-star match this year, which mm. I'm sure you guys remember, <laughs> because Jeez it was the Christ. G1. Uh, it was so good. Yeah. Uh, but Ibushi took that one because, yeah. of course, he won the, the whole thing. So they're one and one. Interesting. Okay, then we can go main event and just just title matches of just off the top of my head. Um 
it's going to be hard for me to pick against Okada at this point. I just think that with the strongest booking, I think somehow he pulls another classic match out from Ibushi, and I think he retains. I think that Jay White retains to set up their uh, double match or double title match going on the following night. Um, I think Takahashi finally defeats Will Ospreay. I like the little heelish Will Ospreay we've kind of been seeing lately, uh, basically, you know, saying that Takahashi isn't the same since coming back. You know, he's, you know, lost a step, missed a step, whatever the case may be. So I think, you know, it would be nice to see Will get a little comeuppance that way. Uh, Tag title match, I'm really thinking, I really think the G.O.D. is going to lose this one too. When it's too good to be true, it usually is too good to be true. This seems like a team in Finjuice that they should just roll over. They've had some of the best matches all year long, and and honestly, I was thinking about the Beefers. They're really one of the finalists for my tag team of the year. But like I said, I just think this is one of those where it's probably one of those where you don't see it coming, and guess what? You probably won't see it coming until, until it's too late. So, yeah, I like um, Okada in the main event. Uh, I like Jay White to retain the IC title. Uh, Takahashi winning the junior heavyweight title back in probably the match of the night just because of the emotion and what they expect to be poured into the match. And then, like I said, I like Finn Juice to take the titles away from G.O.D. Right on. I think I gave my predictions as we went, uh, except for the Okada Bushi. So I will say that I think Okada beats Abushi because if you pay attention to these New Japan storylines, uh, pretty much nobody ever just like comes in, wins the G1, wins the title um, the first time, right? It's like usually you come in and you fail and then you try again. And like I see actually Ibushi winning the G1 again next year uh, or this year, 2020, it's 2020 now. I see Ibushi winning the G1 again this year and then challenging at next Wrestle Kingdom for the title. I think he's going to be in the headline, the headliner again. Um, and I think uh, it's going to be Okada versus Naito, and I think Naito is going to take that double championship. So, um, Man, you almost gave me a word. He was saying some <laughs> shit like that. Because <laughs> Okada, I didn't look up Okada and Naito's history, but they, they definitely have history. They've traded the title before. Um, yeah, so I, I say, think that that Naito, ties back to their history. Naito coughed well. it up to uh, Okada at, at a Wrestle Kingdom. I just can't think which Wrestle Kingdom it is. So maybe it is a, uh, a story that, Finally comes full circle for Naito, you know, beating Okada and becoming first double champion. And then that's his kind of, that's his send off, right? Like he gets that and then maybe carries it until Dominion and Okada gets it back. And then we have an Okada Bushi Wrestle Kingdom again or, um, you know, something along those lines. Like Okada gets his rematch. Yeah, I was going to say, if we went that route, I would definitely want to see Naito if he wins it all. I want to see him to hold the titles for a little bit now. However, Dominion's the six month mark, it's, right? It's, that's, the, it's the mid year. Yeah, that's so. that's more than enough as far as I'm concerned. And at that point, if you want to continue it, where you have at, as a champion with both titles, or somehow you want to break them off into single titles again, I'm all for it. Or but, unify them. Yeah, but as like you said, if he's going to win it, I want him to hold it for an extended 
period of time. Give him a Kofi run, six months. You six, know? Yeah, I was going to say, next thing you know, Kato will pop out of the air, and 30 seconds later, Naito will be done as champion. <laughs> All right, so let's move it on to our two count. One, two, three. All right, so let's run down uh, this card. Again, some multi-man matches that we don't have to spend a lot of time on. Uh, we've got a gauntlet match for the never open weight six man tag team championship. Speaking of titles that don't mean anything, uh, it's a six man tag. Yeah. I've seen people be like, "Does AEW need a six man tag?" I'm like, "Dude, nobody no, needs a six man no, tag." That's gonna say, and now I love the fact that WWE has six men. Well, not titles, but six man matches all the time, and I'm like, yeah, they should have six man titles. And I look back, and I'm like, who's the six man never wait? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They I can barely tell you who the regular tag champions. <laughs> say, I, could, I was like, yeah, they are the you know never wait open champions, and we I can't remember the last time that these guys defended the titles. Yeah. It feels like this time last year. So we got the most violent players who are Togi Makape, Toriano, and Razuki Taguchi, who are definitely not the most violent Yeah, right. Uh, Toriano again, by the way. Uh, they're the champions, and they're facing Chaos. Uh, so that's Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Robbie Eagles, uh, and also Bullet Club, which is Bad Luck Falai, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi, and LIJ, which is Evil Shingo, and... Bushi and Suzuki Goon. So all the factions uh, versus, uh, which is Taichi, El Desperado, and Kanemaru. So <sighs> that's going to be that. And that's going to open it up. What a waste and for Ichi and fucking Shingo. I mean, I had Yeah, neither, neither one of them have singles matches. Yeah, I was hoping that Shingo and Suzuki might cross paths. I thought that would be an interesting uh, singles match for, you know, maybe a night two Wrestle Kingdom that way. Shingo could get a little rub from uh, Suzuki on the way out the door. Ishii, I just think, is ultimately criminally unused, where in a scenario where he shouldn't even be in this gauntlet match for the never fill in the blank. We've done the never championship for Ishii. He needs to either be moving up to the U.S. title or figure out something that he needs to do long-term because I'm sorry. He just has too many good matches for him to be stuck in scenarios. Like I would this. honestly give him like, I'd give him a run, you know, with the, with the IWGP. And I mean, at least the intercontinental at yeah. least. Yeah. I think at the very least, he needs to be a solid mid card champion that somewhere he can get his four to six month run. And then if it works, then you can elevate him even more. And I know how new Japan does things in steps. But this is one of those steps where I think he's he, no spring chicken, man. He's got, I, look, he, he, I get it. And the way he wrestles, like he's, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of time himself. Maybe he does, but uh, you know, the dude, but doesn't have a neck already, <laughs> you know, like if he keeps laying on his head, like, just going to be like a shoulders. A couple more it. years ain't going to make that neck any smaller, man. Give this man his run. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Uh, so then we have Liger's last match. Uh, it's a tag team match. So we got Jushin Thunder Liger and Naoki Sano with Yoshiaki Fujiwara. And they're going to face Ryu Lee, uh, which you might not know that name, but you do know Dragon Lee. Right. Uh, and Hiromu Takahashi, which is interesting uh, that they are a tag team wrestling against Liger and Sano, considering uh, Dragon Lee is the one who broke Takahashi's neck. Yeah. I actually thought we might have... Dragon Lee, before Osprey took the title from him, I thought we might have Dragon Lee Takahashi, you know, rematch, rematch for the yeah. title. But, uh, so yeah, uh, that will be a thing. At least we get, even though it's not a singles, at least we get Takahashi and Dragon Lee and or, right, 
like I would I would have loved either one of them in a singles match, but at least we will get both of them in the ring with Liger. Yeah, for sure. And, and once again, being, I guess, the victory lap for Jushin's Thunder Liger, somehow you had to get him and Takahashi in the ring at the same time. Um, this should be just, you know, one of those fun matches to, you know, once again, highlight you know, the career of Jushin Thunder Lager, which unfortunately I wish I'd have seen a lot more of it, but this is the bad part about, you know, being born when I was, you don't get to see that unless you really want to delve into the archives of uh, New Japan, which That's I don't thing, have time man. to and do. And like tape trading, you know, like I was young and I, I read about these guys. Like I, you know, well, Liger, we watched on Nitro. So, uh, you know, I at least got to see Liger Russell on Nitro. And like, he was definitely one of my favorites uh, in the cruiserweight division, but I would read about him in like pro wrestling illustrated right. and these, these things. And I would see still pictures and, but you know, you really had to tape trade. And like, I lived in like a rural community. Like we, even once internet came around, you didn't really have it. And, you know, I just wasn't in that infrastructure and I was still pretty young, but if I would have been like a few years older, like I'm sure I would have been like trading tapes based on all the wrestling magazines I bought and all the money I spent on that shit. <laughs> but like now, like all you have to do is just Google. Right. And you know, at worst, you got to cough up ten bucks for a month subscription right. to like see some shit. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. No, so. and I think that, like I said, I think this is another good way to kind of tie in past and present stars to where everybody gets their kind of turn with uh, Lager on the way out the door. And I think that's that's just absolutely amazing. Absolutely. All right. So after that, we got uh, Bullet Club. This is a tag team match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship, which actually. Is kind of more over as a championship right. than the main tag team because right. there's there's more interesting ta- junior tag teams. Hell, there's more tag teams and there's just more <laughs> of them. Yeah, so we got uh, Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasma who are the champions, and they're going to face Rapongi 3K. Uh, we're showing yo. Uh, so uh, what you got, man? Uh, Rapongi 3K won the. Oh, jeez, Kuiz. What's what's their? Um, Tag team tournament. I can't think Their of the version name. of the world, world tag, tag league. league. I can't yeah, um, I can't think the of junior it. world, world tag, tag league. league, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that once again puts them in line to be the challengers for the junior t- heavyweight tag team titles. Who the surprise? Not even say surprisingly, but uh, Ishimori and El Fantasmo beat Rapongi 3K for the titles. So now that. So that storyline is coming full circle. And on top of it, they stole the trophies for the World Junior Tag League uh, crowning achievement, whatever you want to call it. Um, they yeah, stole them from Rapongi 3K. So, yeah, you know. they're basically saying that, you know, they were robbed. They were should have been in the final match, but for a tiebreaker of some sort, like the third tiebreaker, they lost that third tiebreaker to Rapongi 3K, so who then in turn wins the tournament. So then, of course, obviously, Ishimori and El Fantasm weren't having it. They jumped them after the match, take the trophies, and now masquerading as the winners of the tournament. So that all being said, it, you have some you know underlying you know storylines going to this feud. I honestly think this is going to be probably one of the better matches of the night. I'm a huge ELP guy. I think he's had one of the late breakout performances of 2019. I think a lot of good things are going to head for him in 2020. And the quiet as he's kept is he's kept. He's a double champion <laughs> while you play it. Yeah. Nobody really talks about that. But LP only, two belts. Yeah, I was about to say the only double champion in New Japan 
is El Fantasma right now as we speak. So, yeah, like, uh, it's going to be a really solid match. All four of these guys would be great on their own. Yeah. Uh, Show and Yo are definitely a more of a tag team. Like, these guys, Ishii, Mori, and El Fantasmo are more thrown together because they're Bullet Club and they're both um, juniors Yeah, that's know, gonna in say that weight class. They but. feel more like singles versus Rapongi 3K that feels like a tag team. Not saying that they wouldn't be able to break off at some later point being singles, but yeah, right now they definitely feel like a tag team. Yeah, uh, Rapongi 3K is one of my favorite acts in all of wrestling. Uh, if you haven't, you know, seen them, you know, you got Rocky Romero, who's also like, Speaking of uh, kind of unsung heroes, that guy's a fantastic wrestler. Yeah, I was going to say he had some really good matches in the uh, the best of Super Juniors. Not the year. best rapper in the world. Have you heard? It? Have you listened to his album? No, I'm it's out. Yeah, like, uh, maybe we'll use it as some uh, bumper music in the future. <laughs> we should pull it up. Yeah, I was going to say you could do that. I'll, I'll go ahead and just keep talking about the, the two title matches coming up. Go it's ahead. Okay. I think he rhymed belt with belt. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, it, it's not that bad. I'm but, saying, um, God, no. That we need to start doing all rap thing. I could do that all night long. I was actually thinking that. I was like, man, I was like. I can rap better than that. I was like, I wouldn't um, just because uh, I can't do it that good. Look, if he's rhyming belt with belt or something like I was, that, was just a joke. Own, I don't know. It I was, was going to say, I think we got a chance to be okay. It I, was something like you rhyme the same word with the same word. And I was like, what? Uh, but anyway, I haven't listened to it too much. Maybe it's awesome. Who knows? Uh, but uh, all right. So next we got Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata. So these guys uh, are both great. Um, I like to think of Sonata as uh the illegitimate Japanese son of Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> like when Austin was in Japan, like he just like knocked up some Japanese gal and we got Sonata. Cause like the dude's like, you know, the ice man, he's like, he uh, uses the skulls and uh, you know, he's like super fit and he's a great wrestler. He's like great a young, wrestler. a young Austin, you know, yeah. like, Hollywood Blondes um, <laughs> version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah, like a modern version. But anyway, uh, so, and then he's going to face Zack Sabre Jr., who, if you are unfamiliar, he's the best technical wrestler in the world, and he has a body made of origami cranes. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he just needs to eat a couple of hamburgers, man. It'd be fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But he's a vegan, so uh, maybe yeah, maybe a couple that. Impossible Burgers. Jesus Christ. What I say, get him a... Uh, what what's that? Uh, like a a tepe, tempa, yeah, tempe, yeah, T E M P H, P E H, or something like that. Yep, that's good stuff. No, I was about to say that tofu. Tofu gets a bad rap. I was going to say tofu, if done right, is tasty. Tempe is one of those where it's hit or miss. Either you like it or you don't. Um, here, real quick, the before you go on the the previous instances, if you want to check them out, and just to show you also how quality. These matches, matches are. Would be, yeah. uh, we had the New Japan Cup, uh, which was in March 18th of 2018. Zack Sabre Jr. submitted Sonata in a four and a quarter star match. These are all uh, observer ratings, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure they're melter ratings. not like my personal ratings. Yeah, I was going to say, he isn't that motherfucking of a nerd, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, July 21st of 2018 in the G1, they had a four star match uh, where Sonata took that one. And then Sonata also took the G1 match this year. Uh, on the Dallas show, so it was the one that actually happened in America, so July 6th. Uh, that was a four to core starter match. So we've got two for Sonata, one for ZSJ, and this is for the British Heavyweight Championship, which um, is of note. That's the Rev Pro um, belt. So I'll say this. 
I'm a huge Zack Sabre Jr. guy. I mean, huge. His march in that uh, New Japan Cup where he basically submitted the top stars in New Japan was probably one of the most amazing things I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was so good. That said, I just, I don't know, man. I got a hard time seeing him coughing the title up to Sonata, who... if there was a a spot where you didn't have like a Moxley going against Lanch Archer, or if the IC title wasn't tied up into this, you know, double champion storyline, that's where I think Sonata kind of should end up being. At the moment, he's a mid card guy. I just don't think that he's going to be able to take this off of Zack Sabre. It just doesn't feel right to have a New Japan guy, even though Tanahashi just most recently did it. It just doesn't feel right for her, the British heavyweight champion to be a New Japan star, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally with you for that reason. Plus, I think it'll be a great match. Don't get me wrong. I just oh, don't think that Sonata will end up winning this match. Yeah, and Zack, uh, if you guys don't watch, if you do watch New Japan, you don't watch like the after shows or any of their extra <laughs> content. Zack's one of the best promos there is. <laughs> he, this guy is so good. Um, you got to watch his promos. <laughs> that motherfucker right there, man. Bring, make sure that the beer is cold, okay? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> old tweet, that's one of the first things he looks around and sees, the, you know, the pyramid of Coors Light, and he's just like, ah, warm beer. It's like, are you taking the piss? <laughs> Which, I want to be British just for that. Like, I, I want I want to be able to, like, say all the clever British things like taking the piss and calling trash rubbish and calling fries <laughs> chips. I want to do all of it. I just can't remember to do it all the time. No, I was going to say, I will, I will forget the very first time. Yeah, I guess I would like a side of French fries with that, please. Oh, shit. Yeah. Chips. I mean, chips. Calling chips crisps. Okay. The whole shebang. All man. that. I would fail in England so quickly. It wouldn't even be funny. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Uh, but that'll be a great match. Those guys are both Probably really good re- technical yeah, wrestlers. It, it sh- and it should be good just in the sense that Sonata should get the uh, some of the rub from ZSJ, even though in the loss, I expect him to, to end up having a really good match. But ultimately, I just think this is just not going to go the way that Sonata fans would like to hope. By the way, if you guys are hearing any uh, zooming going on in the background, my kids uh, got hoverboards for Christmas, and we are currently in my basement. So, uh, apologies if that shines through. On I the thought that was like here. a uh, somebody revving their car up outside. No, it's the hoverboards. God bless you. Just about to say, ain't nothing wrong. But look, I ain't mad. I was say far from it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what kids are supposed to do. God bless them. Yep. So, all right. Uh, getting into the next ones, we have. The to be determined, which is the uh, you know winner of uh, Lance Archer and John Moxley right. Texas Death Match versus Juice Robinson. We already talked about this one. Um, in my scenario, I have Lance Archer winning the Moxley match, so that would bring it to Archer versus uh, Juice Robinson. Now, like I said, Archer did win the title match that. Like I said, when the U.S. title was vacant, he did defeat Juice Robinson, kind of slug him around in doing so. In this scenario, because obviously I'm picking Lance Archer to retain the title, I'm going to pick him again here 
to retain as well. I don't think there's anything that Juice Robinson is doing wrong. I just think this is one of those times where it's it's Lance Archer's time and it's time for him to, you know, take the ball and kind of run with it a little bit. I don't think that, like I said, Juice Robinson might ultimately get the U.S. title back at some later point. I just don't think that this is the right time, especially coming off of a, a Texas death match. Maybe you can make that as the excuse where, you know, Moxley took so much out of uh, Lance Archer so he can't, you know, come back with another great match. I just, I don't think that that's the way you should do it. Lance Archer deserves to be pushed and pushed strong. I'll take him over uh, Juice Robinson. If it's Moxley, I'll take uh, Juice over Moxley. I'll go that far. I'd be happy with that just because, uh, yeah, I'd go Juice over Moxley, and I'd be happy with Lance keeping it because he's really been one of the more impressive characters of 2019. Yeah, for sure. I thought his New Japan Cup run I thought was really good. His G run Cup was uh, run was really good. Um, it was one of those where, if you know me and you listen to the podcast regularly, I was clamoring for some sort of mid-card title run, and I just don't think taking the title away from him in either night, you know, whether it's the first night or the second night, does him any justice. I think Lance Archer should get a run, and let's see what he can do with it. Right on. All right, next we have uh, another uh, title. I mean, New Japan has a lot of titles that nobody cares about, (laughs) and uh, this is another one. Uh, the Never Open Weight Championship, which yeah. for those of you guys uninitiated, um, it often has really good matches associated with it. It's like the hard hitting title. It's like the shooters title almost, uh, or at least the guys that uh, do a lot of like very stiff striking. Uh, so this is Kenta versus Hiroki Goto. So this has been built up. I could see Shibata getting involved because Goto and Shibata are like best friends and Goto traveled to America and was training with Shibata and the LA dojo and Goto really trimmed up too. Um, yeah. He looked good he for the, uh, his G one run. Um, break it down to those who don't know about the backstory with Shibata, Goto, Kenta, why this, why you think that Shibata is going to get possibly involved in this match? So yeah, Shibata is, uh, was a rising star in new Japan. And I mean, he was a star in new Japan, but like I say rising because, his stardom was cut short uh, from a headbutt by Kazuchika Okada. It was not just the headbutt, though. Uh, it was him falling on his head over and over again, you know, like these guys do. Um, but uh, there was the exact moment. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but uh, you can Google the match and you can see the headbutt and the exact moment, like when it happened and essentially like ended his career. Uh, pretty wild stuff. Uh, so anyway, Shibata, um, not an old guy. Like, you know, this guy still in like great shape, charismatic, good looking dude. Um, but he's a, supposed to be a wrestling genius, you know, kind of like a Daniel Bryan or like a, a Cesaro or somebody like that. Who's just, or a, uh, Cassius Ono, you know, Chris hero, somebody who has a great brain for the business. Uh, so he's training guys at the LA dojo now, and uh, we just had an angle a few months ago where uh, Kenta, uh, you know, beat him up and they got physical and which was crazy because Shibata, you know, hasn't been cleared to wrestle for a couple of years. So it'd be interesting to see if they clear him or if he is cleared or if he gets cleared, you know, has maybe has like a renaissance, like a Daniel Bryan situation uh, where he gets cleared. But uh, but yeah, uh, that's the story uh, for the most part. 
and uh, we'll see how this goes. It's definitely going to be a hard-hitting match, and it's going to be a good match. It's just that the title itself is is kind of less of the story than Goto getting back at Kenta for doing this, you know, to Shibata. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. It, to me, and that's where I was. And I did, obviously, once again, because I didn't watch New Japan at the time, I, I didn't see this match. I haven't gone back and watched any of it. I've only, you know, seen and read about this match and, you know, how it affected those who were big fans of Shibata and was hoping for his return now with guys of this ilk, you know, guys that have taken major injuries and, you know, the edges, the Daniel Bryans of the world. Yeah. I want them to come back, but I would, I don't want them to come back and be having to hold my breath with every big bump. You know, if it's a scenario where Shibata can't come back, then so be it, you know, it'd have been a great story. It'd have been a great match to watch, but ultimately I'd rather have this be safe and give me Goto versus Kenta, two guys that are are okay in my book. I don't. I'm not a big fan of either or. I think Goto will give us another great match. I think ultimately Kenta retains, but obviously Shibata would have been the match that most people would, would want to see. But like I said, I don't want to hold my breath when you know if it's a scenario where it's a you know a bump outside of the ring whatever that bump may be i don't want to have to keep you know cringing you know did he get up get him over you know rotate him over i don't hit him on his head type shit you know yeah whenever daniel bryan came back yeah it it was was there's a couple of cringeworthy moments where i was i didn't want him to get hurt again and i want to see shibata get hurt for my personal entertainment you got two nights of wrestling there's plenty of guys to take plenty other bumps where you know their livelihood their life isn't on the line at that point so yeah i remember when Brian came back. I remember like specifically tweeting like "fuck Brock Lesnar" because he was just German. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was throwing him around, and and that's what I don't want to see. I'd rather just, you know, if he's got to be on the outside, and you incorporate him in a spot or two, you know, break up some interference, possible fuckery going on. I'm totally for that, but I right now I'm just not sure I'm comfortable seeing him in a match. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, next we've got. this is a to-be-determined versus to-be-determined because it's the loser of Okada and Ibushi versus the loser of White versus Naito. So it'll be a good match either way. We just don't know what it's going to be. So, um, In my scenario, uh, like I said, I have this would be Ibushi versus Naito. And oh, God. Yeah. This is like the one match I don't want to see. This is the match that would really... Because ultimately, it's a de facto number one contenders match. Moving forward, whoever wins this match would be the next in line to challenge the winner of the double uh, main event. Well, not double main event, but the double, what, are, what do they call it? Double gold rush? They're calling it the double gold dash. Double gold dash. So they would be the number one contender for that. That said, um, I just, like I said, if, if Nino is losing this first match, I can't really see him being booked to win this second match over Kota Ibushi. I would think you would want to get Ibushi kind of back on track and, you know, get into momentum moving forward. Now, I'm not sure if I agree with Zach's uh, prediction of him going, winning the G1 back-to-back because, I mean, hell, winning the G1 in itself, I think, is a hard enough task to do it, you know, doing it back-to-back. It, you know, it almost sounds like it'd be borderline impossible. You know, could it be done? Yeah. Has it been done? Yeah, but I don't know, man. That just <laughs> that sounds like that'll be a hard way for Abushi to get back 
to the mountaintop. This seems like the shorter distance for me. That's why I'll take Ibushi. In this scenario, if it was to happen, I would take Ibushi to uh, to win this match and be the number one contender. Yeah, in my scenario, it would be Ibushi versus White. And maybe it would not uh, necessarily be him winning the G1. Maybe, like you said, this is the shorter way to go about it. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see. And, all right, after that, we have, uh, this has been getting a lot of buzz, uh, for all of the wrong reasons, <laughs> or maybe all of the right reasons. Yeah, depending on how you, how you want to look at it. But uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Chris Jericho. And Tanahashi came up with this angle where he said, if I beat Chris Jericho at the Tokyo Dome, I want a shot at his AEW championship. And Chris Jericho said, yep, if you beat me at the Tokyo Dome, you get a shot at this AEW championship. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's been cleared with AEW and New Japan you know, wouldn't have Tanahashi saying this. And these guys are trying to take your money and they're doing a great job. And it's pro wrestling at its finest. Yeah. Like they're building up their match. Yeah. Like this is an old school way to build up a match. And coming into this, like I just assumed that Jericho was going to go over Tanahashi anyway. So if Jericho wins against Tanahashi, this is just a way to build up the match. And then nothing comes of it because Jericho's just going to beat Tanahashi anyway. Like, like as I mentioned before, they're paying Jericho a lot of money to come in here. He just lost to Okada, and they're not going to, you know, beat him over and over. Right. And Tanahashi doesn't need to win this at all, at all. Um, but I think Chris Jericho needs to win. And but I think there's going to be a lot of smarks who are very upset because they're going to think that New Japan only booked it this way because they don't want a relationship with AEW and. That whole thing is tumultuous and tenuous. And like Jason said, if it happens, it happens. I would like to see it. We all would like to see it. I think it would be in the best interests of New Japan, especially trying to get an American expansion going. Uh, there's TNT television right. where you can have Okada, you know, get on TNT television. I was going to say Axis TV just dropped uh, New Japan, I guess, yeah. fairly recently. So they're, they're all their chips and they're in the middle with uh, Impact Wrestle, which, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, it is what it is. So, I mean, yeah, I think New Japan ultimately needs some sort of a stronger foothold into the American market. ROH isn't getting them there. No, I was about to say, I'm surprised. that They can't even help themselves. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised that 10 hasn't folded already. I mean, I can't remember the last time I watched the ROH show. Um, Dude, it was basically April after that terrible... Uh, WrestleMania weekend show oh, with New Japan. Yeah, the, uh, the G1 Supercard. Yeah, the G1 Supercard. And actually, the show was great, but the ROH half was a mess. Bad, yeah. Uh, and I just stopped. Oof. I just, uh, I might have watched one of the pay-per-views in between. You know, I might have caught a match here or there because, you know, they are still a work-rate promotion. But, uh, but yeah, like, I mean, that, that's whenever it started falling off the rails for me. No, I was going to say that and uh, just quick sidetrack. When Matt Taven and... Jeff Cobb had their match, and it was basically a 10-minute title match to close the show, and Taven won. I think that kind of turned me off on New, uh, not New Japan, but uh, ROH, too. But just to get back to the point of the story, I agree with you totally. This should be Chris Jericho winning this, not easily, but I would be really, really stunned if Tanahashi won. If Tanahashi wins, then, yeah, you can really, you know, throw out your conspiracy theories. You know, this is New Japan, you know, getting back at AEW, whatever the case may be. I just, it makes way too much sense for Tanahashi to lose. He has nothing to gain out of this. Jericho needs this more. It just makes too much sense. 
Yes, sir. All right, and then the main event, to end all main events, we have the <laughs> double gold dash match for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. As we said, the winners of both of those matches from the previous evening, so uh, or the one match from the previous evening, rather. Uh, so we've given our predictions on what we think that will be. Um, that's going to be two nights, man, and I'm off. I'll be able to watch all of the fourth show live, but I work Saturday night. Um, right. So I think if I have my times now, they're both, uh, both early AM starts. Like, wait, is it Thursday night and Friday night for us? Or is it Friday night and Saturday Saturday night? night. It's Friday night. Tonight's Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So like for me, I'll get off work. I think it starts at either one or two o'clock our time. So that first hour is quote unquote pre-show. And then the rest goes into, you know, the actual physical show itself. And then night two is kind of the same setup. It starts early in the morning, probably one hour pre-show. And then the uh, the main show starts uh, subsequently thereafter. Yeah, and last year it was rough. There wasn't anything you can skip. Actually, I think this year I'm probably just going to sleep a little bit, and I'm probably going to try to wake up just right for the Lance Archer Moxley match. No, see, I I know me. I I, I sleep too good sometimes, and I just I don't want to miss anything. Even the eight man tags that you know are are basically going to have real no no real storylines to those eight man tags. I still want to see it just because I mean. This is the first time that they're going to do a two-part show. So I, I figure somewhere down the line there might be something that, you know, could happen. Highly oh, doubtful. Sure. I want to see those matches. I just don't know if I can no, watch it, all it, of them. It would be, especially for those of us who have to work <laughs> that morning or later on that night, or God forbid if you're me, I'll probably have to do both. Um it would just set up to be a long, long day. And that's kind of the reason why I'm, I'm glad, like, going back to the beginning before we go back to our three count, um, I'm kind of glad they broke it up into two shows because part, for me, part of what made Wrestle Kingdom great is because it didn't feel like there was a time constraint on any of these matches. You know, if it took 30 minutes to tell the story of Osprey and Takahashi, then I want you to take the 30 minutes and tell the story so that way, you know, it feels like it's more complete. Like you said, last year felt really rushed, and it was one of the few times that it was, a to me, there was a New Japan disappointing show just because the years previous to this, it felt like there was no rush. And I don't care if, the, you know, people are saying that it's, you know, New Japan cards are too long. It's so fucking what? Get a pot of coffee, you know, do a line, do what you need to do, stay your ass up and watch it. Otherwise, go to sleep and shut the fuck up. Let the those who us that want to watch the shit, watch the shit in peace. Yeah, and it's not padding. Like, they do match and then match and then match right. and then match and then match. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like WWE where they do, you know, the vignette leading up to the match. I mean... They just assume you've been watching. So we're just going to jump into the next match right away. So, yeah, if it's four hours, it's four hours of wrestling. And I don't see why there should be a problem with anything because that's ultimately why we all watch. We want to watch wrestling. Now, if you want to have your little bathroom breaks to it, by all means, knock yourself out. What tai Chi matches are for you. Know? Okay, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Somewhere along this card on both shows, there could be a bathroom match for everybody. So ultimately, I don't understand what the problem is. That that's neither here nor there. Some people like calamari, others do not. But leading up, that will lead us into our three counts. One, two, three. 
Okay, the, so the three counts is the day after the uh, two days of Wrestle Kingdom is what is called uh, New Year's Dash. So this is basically to kind of clean up any storylines and more than likely start a new storyline that has major implications, someone who hasn't been seen before, someone that is pinning a champion. Usually by this point, it might have... Uh, Abushi or who in this case it would be Abushi in my scenario Abushi possibly coming out to challenge the new double champion at this point so it feels like maybe New Year's Dash is a throwaway type of card don't sleep on this card either boys and girls this card is probably worth watching it's a it's a night full of angles right so the card is is announced the day of so it's not necessarily something that we look forward to in the sense of these matches, uh, but we look forward to in the sense of it's the New Year's Dash. It's uh, it's sets up the year of new angles, right. right? So you know this is the reset. It's hard for WWE because the reset happens like in April, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> but New Japan, like very much, it's a it's a calendar year, you know, situation. So uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's a it's like the hardest ticket to get in Tokyo. It's like impossible to get tickets. It's a smaller gymnasium. You know, it's not the Tokyo Dome. It's a small somebody's uh facetiming oh it's actually uh <laughs> that was weird I re- we're recording on my daughter's computer and her boyfriend was uh facetiming her and my face popped up on the screen and for a second i thought i was facetiming <laughs> with my daughter's boyfriend so sorry about that guys got a little freaked out uh but uh, we're not gonna edit that out we're just gonna keep that in yeah, uh, but anyway not? uh it's it's a fun show you know it's Three nights in a row tonight. You know, usually this year, it's usually it's one show in the New Year's Dash. Uh, now we got three nights of amazing wrestling. We got Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Uh, this is going to be great. So, so what are you what are you looking forward to? What do you want to see from just what you think is going to happen? What do you like to see at New Year's Dash? I would like to see like a fresh face, even though. New Japan's roster is stacked. You know, we talk about WWE having such a huge roster, and they do whenever you have, when you include all of the other things, all of the other people like the NXTs and the NXT UKs and all of that. But they're, even their main roster is, like, pretty top-heavy. Uh, the New Japan roster is huge. Like, there's, like, 60, 70 dudes on this thing. Uh, but I still think it would be fun. It, it's always fun to see, like, a fresh face uh, or maybe, like, a return, you know, uh, from somebody who's injured, I, besides Shibata, I can't really think of any thought, anybody that's like on the outs with an injury that would that would return. But uh, that's the thing; it's unexpected. I don't, I don't know what to expect. Yeah, I was going to say the bad part about you know talking about New Year's Dash is that we like two beers that we can't really preview the card because the card is announced the day of the show. Last but, last year, the big surprise was they pulled the elite off the card and right, none of them wrestled. Right. So that was the big surprise. So in that scenario, it's one of those where, yeah, you're probably going to be a little exhausted from the two nights. But like I said, I think New Year's Dash is one of those nights where you're still going to see some good matches like two beers in. You're going to see some new angles. And then somewhere in that two to three hour stretch, a swerve will come across that nobody will see coming. And that's usually the reason, at least for me, that's the reason to watch New Year's Dash is because the the swerve is usually big enough that it starts to set up 
what's going to happen for the rest of the calendar year, at least the next six months leading into Dominion, which is obviously one of their big four pay-per-views, but another story for another time. So I think that covers it for our three count. Let's talk about F&B really quick, and then we can uh, move into odds and ends at that point. F&B Erie on the corner of 3453 Southampton. That's the corner of Southampton and Marquette, part of our independent restaurant tours of the Southampton Mafia. Check my boy Mike out. Um, like I said on, on a previous podcast, can't talk now, um, the hours can change, especially in times of inclement weather and this being January of 2020, there are times where inclement weather does come into play. Uh, I would suggest just following them on Facebook because following them on Facebook, he'll tell you flat out, hey, I'm open for lunch. I'm closed this night for inclement weather. You get out, uh, check out all the specials before anybody else knows, and that way if you're out and about, you can slide on in, grab yourself a burger, keep it moving to your next destination. So you check my boy Mike out, 3453 Southampton. Tell him that Bam from Ringside sent you. Uh, odds and ends, I guess, if we want to keep it on the New Japan odds and ends, anything that you could think of that we didn't touch on for New Japan at all? Nah, man, I think we were pretty thorough. Um, I am not caught up on uh, any other wrestling. I'm about four or five weeks behind on uh, NWA, uh, two weeks behind on NXT, and about half an episode behind on uh, AEW, so... Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I haven't seen... Oh, and uh, months behind on Raw and SmackDown. See, you ain't shit. (laughs) Um, I was going to say, I haven't seen any of my Tuesday shows for this week. Um, I saw AEW last night. Like I said, it was solid, good, not great. Um, Raw, SmackDown, yeah, okay, I guess. I just don't get those guys. I just... Fine, fine. I'm just going to do it. I just don't understand this whole Liv Morgan thing. <laughs> I just, I mean, what? I, I didn't really see what happened. Uh, okay. Or really hear too much about it. Okay, I mean, so. I, I saw a little rumblings, but yeah, if you want to explain it. Yeah, so obviously Lana and uh, Lashley were set to get married on Monday night. They had various interruptions. Lana's first husband came out. Uh, Lashley's first wife came out. And then. Like Liv Morgan comes out. Did Lashley's sisters come out? No, which, I mean, if you're going to have a fucking train wreck, you might as well have those. T- yeah, how you going to go invite your sisters to your own wedding? I mean, come on. Gr- granted, the the whole spot was a train wreck, but come on. That spot wasn't a big enough train wreck that he has to now disown <laughs> his sisters. Anyway, so then Liv Morgan comes out, so I'm kind of like, okay, you know, they've been teasing Liv Morgan to come back. You know, unfortunately, she's not Sister Abigail like people thought, so I'm like, okay, how how in the hell are we going to, you know, incorporate her into this? So basically, she's like, no, I'm not here for Bobby Lashley. I was never with Bobby Lashley, which, you know, he comes out and denies right away, but you can kind of see the sheepish look on Lana's face, and I'm like, oh, no, don't tell me. So, yeah. They were, they were lesbian lovers at one point. So now, you know, Lana's like, you know, you got to get out of here. You know, the the usual 
shit show of the wedding. Rusev comes out of the cake, you know, beats everybody up. I'm like, okay, so Rusev should be the furthest one away from this. If she gets married, guess what you don't have to do? You don't have to pay alimony anymore, you stupid son of a bitch. So now he comes out, everybody's wrestling cake, and that's how, you know, Raw ends. So... Of course, you know, rational Jason is like, man, this is the goddamn dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'll get, take a hit. Take, take, take a guess on how many hits it's gotten on YouTube. Oh, God. I mean, I, 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 I don't even have like a, like a, <laughs> a frame of reference. So I would, I, would get, I would say it would start with the millions. Oh, Jesus Christ. Ah, that's the worst. How many? 3.2. Wow. 3.2 million people have watched this on YouTube. There's like 10 times that many people just in America that uh, voted for Trump or okay, not okay. voted, but are, are down with him. Okay, so, so that, that's what I'm saying. This, this is the worst. I shouldn't say the worst. It's, it's one of my least favorite angles. And I imagine you, like all like 3 million of those like came from like India. I'm just guessing. See, you, you, know, you know what I mean? Just because there's like a billion people over there and wrong as hell. <laughs> every like every video that I see that has like hot chicks in it is just like Indian dudes asking for bobs and vagine. Like <laughs> so like, I'm sure that's just like all all Indian dudes. So 3% of their population decide they're going to watch the last week Lana wedding segment from Monday night. I did see a gif of uh Lana uh Falling down, and uh, she was wearing like pretty sheer panties. Yeah, for that uh, for that spot. God, God bless her. No, it's. I feel like she's just always trying to get naked. I, I think it's one of those where we're just trying to get over and got and it's just it's just not for me. I'm sorry. I get it. You know, it's it has its entertainment value to it, but ultimately, if you're if you're not watching, you're not missing anything. God bless you, Zach. You're not watching. That's going to say the only reason I watch is to, you know, keep current up to, up to date with the podcast. So that way, yeah. when, you, when you know who comes back, speaking of which, you know who will be back next week. I just listen to other podcasts that actually that watch it so then I can hear what happens. So I just subscribe <laughs> to The Observer and then I read The Observer and there's a synopsis of everything that happened every week. So it comes out on Thursdays right before the show. So I was about to say, brother, <laughs> trust me, you ain't missing a damn thing. And that's a sad state of affairs because WWE has such a loaded roster it needs to do better. I think that's going to cover it. Yeah, man, we did good. I think we did good. All right, let's guess it's time to wrap this some bitch up. Uh, oh shit, pushed the wrong button. <laughs> we oh, got well. no birthdays. Happy birthday no. to my daughter Skylar. She's yeah, 17 today. Yeah, that's the say, only birthday. That's I know. the only birthday worth mentioning. I'm not going to do a bunch of birthdays. That's just not what I do. So in closing, I'd like to say thank you for those who are loyal listeners, loyal subscribers. We appreciate you very much. For my man, Two Beers, Zach Pullman, I am at Jason Cornelius Bell. For my man, Bill Vagy. For my man, Lucha Chris. For my man, Bo Vice. Sorry I didn't get to you on an AKA. I'm sure you are doing more important things than worried about our lovely podcast, but I'll give you some love anyway. For the lovely Everlands that had me at their house this evening, I appreciate the love. Uh, for the lovely Becky Balboa, girl, take your ass home. Go get something to eat. You shouldn't be starving yourself all today. Uh, yeah, I think we covered it. F&B Eatery? Yeah. Did I miss anybody? Nah, I think right. you're good. All right. Kanichiwa, bitches. Cheers, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>
Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 